0: Whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships, I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Raleigh, and my daughter, Kit Keenan.
1: I think we can just jump in. I want to learn more about you and I can't wait for our listeners to hear. So, I mean, most of our listeners probably know you from Real Housewives, but I read an interview of yours and you said you weren't born with a silver spoon. So I would love to hear about your life before the show.
0: Yeah, I think that... First of all, just when you go on these shows, people are just like, "Okay, you're on this show that you must have done this. You must have done that. It's nice to be able to have your own narrative. So I appreciate you. You're so sweet to do this. So I'm from Rockford, Illinois, which is actually 90 miles northwest of Chicago. It's actually closer to Wisconsin, like near Madison, Wisconsin. So I'm from there. I have a twin brother who's a lawyer. My mother was an interior decorator and she was a teacher. She was a really incredible woman. My father was a lawyer. He's retired. I went to a lot of schools when I was younger. I think that's something that people don't know. So I went to a public school, a private school, another public school, another private school. And then finally, when I got into high school, I went to a private school, so my formative years were really kind of i would say like disconnected, not because of my family life but because of my academic life so that was like really kind of difficult had to learn to make friends quickly it was always you know new people, new faces from all over Rockford, and so there was never like one demographic it was always really mixed, which I really appreciated and I had a lot of great friends from a lot of different walks of life and it was good news, but it was very difficult academically to try to manage new teachers, new expectations, you know, new frameworks in terms of academics. Some schools were really good in one sport. Other schools didn't have those sports. So it was just kind of a, you know, it's like it was a really kind of mixed bag. Mm-hmm. I started modeling when I was 16. How did that all happen? Crazy. I'm like 52 years old. It's like crazy. So let's see. I was... Basically, my, one of my dad's clients, you know, he, you know, said, oh, your daughter's beautiful. She's so, how old is she? You know, she's so tall. I was 15 and he introduced me to his photographer and they took pictures of me. And then I put them in this, there was this thing in teen magazine for elite to be like a, new, a model. And so then I had my brother take pictures of me and I like was a runner up. It was me and Cindy Crawford for this oh elite. Model, God, model that's thing. amazing. But yet, like my hair was like, I had once, I always had long hair and then mm-hmm. for some reason I decided to model and what do I do? I cut this part of my hair. So I had like a bi-level haircut.
1: Oh my God. Kind of amazing though.
0: Kind so, of amazing. One side was like a short bob. The other side was long. It was like, it actually looked really, really good.
1: <laughs> but I mean, I did lose a boyfriend. <laughs> because, so- was,
0: I'm not going to lie. Like I went to like Geneva and I was like, oh my God, I got my haircut. I'm modeling. And he was just like, I hate your hair. We're breaking up. So that kind of, you know, but then I met this really hot guy at the same party. See ya. So yeah, then I started modeling because, you know, Cindy and I, she's a little, she's a little older than I am. And so she was like, you know, the sex kitten. And I was like the sporty, like, you know, young girl, which was really, you know, funny and fun. You know, worked with Victor Skribniewski, May Company out of Cleveland worked for uh, Marshall Fields in Chicago, you know, really back and forth a lot from New York. I mean, from uh, Chicago to Rockford. And then a scout came from New York that following summer. And they were like, we want you to come to New York for a couple of weeks. So I went to New York for a week. And my first casting was with Patrick DeMarshallier. I was wearing white tree torns, white tennis shorts and a white polo shirt. I had no idea what to wear. I was just like, I'm just gonna like... You know walk around like i'm like going in chicago i'm in chicago because it wasn't like a model look like it was like the 90s you know, they didn't tell you how what to do or how to dress or like you weren't supposed to get dressed up you're just supposed to like show up yeah that was like my show up outfit was like white torns and white your mom would love that outfit. she would have been like oh my god love 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 so anyway that's how i met him and he that's his big you know he he like talks to anyone about meeting me he's always like i know kelly i met her she was wearing white shorts like I, wasn't to him, but I look like one on TV. So then just started modeling from there. I actually, it's so funny because when I was 16, I actually went out of casting and I met my ex-husband when I was 16, but oh, I, he, didn't, he never remembered like meeting me, but I remember meeting, going on a casting. Is that so crazy?
1: I, I always think about that. Like, do I know the person that I'm going to marry already?
0: I imagine met him at a casting and no idea no it's
1: so crazy I know it's so funny because I'm like I know so many people in New York but like there's not one person that I would even want to date let alone marry so it's like crazy to think maybe I've met him in passing like you did and then like they come yeah. back around
0: okay you have no idea So, so crazy, crazy. <laughs> You can tell me. Oh my God, Kelly! I was walking down the street in this deli, and this guy—he bought gum. I bought gum. We locked eyes. I met him five years before. You know, yeah. Wherever. So yeah, I met him at Trader Joe's. <laughs> he obviously had no idea. I had no idea. When I was sixteen. Like I was like, "Who are you?" But I guess like the moral of that story is like, you know, for you and for me, is so, like to keep your eyes open. You know what I mean? And like. So after that, just, you know, started modeling. And then uh, my dad is an academic and was like, you can't just model. You have to, even though I was making a lot of money, I was, you know, I was the face of Ann Taylor. I was working for all these Mademoiselle and all these different magazines. And uh, my dad was like, you have to get educated. So I went to Trinity in Hartford, Connecticut, and I had all my classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I took the train back and forth to New York, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. To work. So that was a super challenge and just exhausting. And I met the cutest guys at Trinity and I was having the best time playing pool. Said- and then, <laughs> I was like, loving life. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. What were you saying? Uh, I was studying lit at the time. Cut to now my, my youngest daughter goes to the same school. She's the cutest thing on the planet. Wow. So cute. she's like so cute. So anyway, I was doing all the trying to navigate, you know, cute guys. Pool, beer, modeling, education, the East Coast, traveling back and forth by train on the Amtrak, three hours there, three hours back. It was just always, I had this one guy that was the cutest. He was like, you don't have to take the Amtrak, I'll drive you. And he like drove me to one of my castings. Oh my gosh. Kind of a dream. So cute. Wow. That was fun. And then... I Just was like, I, my, my, my father was like, You just can't handle this anymore. This is like insane. The volume of work and you know, just everything that's going on, you're just going to burn out. And that's my one of my father's big things like, Never don't burn the candle at both ends. He's like, Just you know, you, you have to have a balance, you have to have a balance. Mm-hmm. So, cut to, I started modeling. I, you know, I was like, Okay, fine, I'm not going to go back to, to Trinity, I'm going to just model full time. I went back to. Chicago. And I was just like, okay, I'm just going to stay here and kind of just kind of figure things out. And my and an agent came and she was like, no, 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 you have to come to New York. And so I was like, oh my God, I don't know this person from a hole in the wall. Like, what is she saying? She's like, oh, you're going to be this huge star. You can do all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Like I've already been modeling like since I was 14, 16, like I'm, you know, I'm fine. And then she's like, no, no, no. So then I was like, I go to New York and I go meet all these different agencies and I go to see her At the end, she's like, oh my God, I've been waiting for you because I'm sending you to Palm Springs tomorrow because you're working for the Germans for seven days and you're going to make But before that, you're going to like shoot this, you know, shoot in the morning with Patrick de Marchier and then you're going on the plane and you're going to be gone for seven days. and I'll see you when you get back. I'm like, what? I was like, I was seeing other agencies. I'm like, what? So she was incredible and she was amazing. And her, one of, one of the agents that worked with her is this guy named Ivan Bart, who is in your senior level at IMG, William Morris. And um, so he's known me literally since the ice age and really was at the beginning of, I mean, I had, you know, I'd started a little bit when I was younger, but he, he and uh, this woman named Leah really thrust me into hyperspace. And so I owe, you know, everything in my modeling career to those guys. It's amazing. I've been
1: t- to one of my first ever like fashion parties when I was probably like 15 I remember we went to a V Magazine party and then we went to an Alexander Wang like after party and I felt like, oh my God, I felt like the coolest person ever. Right. Like he's just like, he's just amazing.
0: You're just like, oh my God, look what I'm like. That's so cute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I think everybody, when they're like, they go to these parties, like, oh my God, what do I wear? I'm like, just show up. Let's go. Let's just go. Yeah. Like, I'll introduce you to people. Don't worry about it. I'm sure your mom's exactly the same way. Like, just come on. Yeah, um, totally. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just like, so it is really, I mean, the, 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 events are just, or were just so spectacular and like the name, you know, the bold face names, like the aesthetics, the venues, you know just everything was just like so incredible, and just it was it was really fun to go to a lot of those events. It was really fun,
1: yeah. I was gonna say i I definitely relate to you a lot when you're talking about like your dad being like you should you really have to go to college, like you have to you know think long term with your career because I think it's sort of similar for me right now in terms of just working on social media and stuff like that. Did you ever feel pressure like when's my real job? When's my desk job coming? And like, did you ever feel like, oh my God, maybe I should really like, when did you strategize about moving to the next chapter in your life after
0: modeling? Well, I told my dad that I would take a couple of years off from Trinity Mm -hmm. and I would transfer. I'm a woman of my word. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I do it even if it's like, you know, and I was making a lot of money at the time and I was traveling and doing really well. And one day I called my dad and I was like, so I went and had a meeting with the head of the Dean, with the Dean, not the head, mm-hmm. the Dean at Columbia. And I just spoke to him about the possibilities of, you know, what my future academic future would hold. I call my dad and I said, I'm going to go to Columbia. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. like, what what? He's like, you're traveling, you're doing all this stuff. How are you going to do this? I'm like, I spoke to the Dean, we figured out a plan. They're going to give me a mentor and a professor that's going to work with me. And we are going to figure out a plan about how I can manage and balance my busy work and modeling, you know, my my modeling and my education schedule. Mm -hmm. And so I started back in college and my, you know, my sophomore year, uh, a couple of years later, and I just went year around. I just went all, you know, like every fall, every spring, every summer, you know, I would take three classes, four classes, five classes, one class, three, two, you know, I was just taking all these different classes. And I had an amazing professor there named Alan Ziegler, who actually started me. I I actually was one of the first bloggers on L.com. Oh my gosh. But before, like, even, even not, no one knew what a blog was. Yeah. I had this narrative on L.com in 1995? 1995. Real Life in the City vibes. 1995, I was writing for L.com, like, all about my real life. Crazy. Yeah. Such Terry Brascaw moments. I mean, like, serious. Like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just like, okay, here's my week. Mm-hmm. my professor would look it over with me and then they would post it mm-hmm. and then they sent me to like Canyon Ranch and then they we do all these photos one time, I mean like I literally I was like Gilles when I was married to Gilles I was like Gilles I get invited to go to to the spa we have to go and he's like oh I will take you I was like no no, no I'm taking you
1: oh my god it's like you it's know neat. it's being an influencer before an influencer I was like was a thing. I was Twenty-five years old. I was like, no, no, no. I, I can do this. I got this. It's fine. Don't Amazing. worry. I got Amazing. Um, but yeah,
0: I started with L I started L's, L. dot com's first blog. So that's kind of major. I wasn't even thinking about it until the other day. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, Jean Godfrey June, I, who I you know worked with many for a long time, and you know L. And she helped me with L accessories. She helped me with. I did all the translation for t- for Top Model, and she helped me with that magazine she's worn many hats with me. I was just like, wait a minute. I think I was one of the first (laughs) bloggers.
1: So it's really, really crazy to think about how much the fashion industry has changed since then that like now those types of people are sitting front row at every show. It's so different, but I think it's, I think it's great. I love it. To that point. I mean, you've always been like on the forefront of, fashion and style and beauty and all of that. And I know you have launched several brands over your career. So I would love to hear about that and
0: how those came about. My first brand was a jewelry line that I made on my pier in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. So I found these fishing swivels at my friend was fishing and I was like oh my god they're so cute I love I love the graphics of these I can put them together and I'll put like beads on them and I'll make these little necklaces so I started making these little necklaces that had this kind of fishing vibe with beads Mm -hmm. and then I was always like making these little necklaces for friends I was like oh I made you a little necklace like I'm just the kind of that kind of person I'm just like I made something for you Mm -hmm. (laughs) so when I was modeling, I started collecting all these medallions. And so I would put the medallions on the necklaces and then make the little, you know, necklaces and like, you know, they were like blue or pink or white. I'm sure your mom has one. I'm sure she has one. And Barney's saw the necklaces because when, when I was, was shooting a cover with Tyra Banks and the stylist was like, was making me make all these necklaces for everybody. And then she put it, on Tyra, and Tyra was wearing the necklace and it like went crazy. So Barney's was like, we want these necklaces. What what are those necklaces? And Jill was like, what are they talking about? What necklaces? What are they talking about? Kiki, what are they talking about? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like my little blue necklace, what? Yeah. So Barney's was like so amazing. And it was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe that they they had my necklaces in their store. And then I created another line for Bergdorf Goodman and then I needed, created another line for Bendel's. And then I created another line for Bloomingdale's. And then I created another line for um, Intermix and Dash. And then I created another line for HSN. So it's, it was a really, I miss jewelry. I was just thinking the other day, I was like, I should make jewelry again. Not that I have time, but I just really, I miss making, I just, I made everything by hand. So that was the other problem too, is that when the orders would be like, we have a hundred necklaces that we need to do.
1: It's like you're I, sitting there late at night.
0: Like, I mean, like I have photos of my girls and I sitting there, like, you know, putting things together, like making all these necklaces. They were so always so supportive and cute and sweet, helping me out. Um, but yeah, so there every necklace that I, I mean, I made every necklace myself.
1: What do you think you learned from founding your company at such a young age and like going through that process? Because for me... I started doing artist collaborations. I've done one with Richard Prince. I've done one with Mark Grochon. And and I think for me, like it's something that I have been doing over my college career. I founded my company in my sophomore year of college and now I'm a
0: senior. That's incredible. Where do you go to school? I
1: go to NYU. I go to Gallatin. which I was also going to say, like with your experience with taking a few classes here and a few classes there and kind of like having a very unorthodox college experience, I can totally relate to that because Gallatin is, it's a school of individualized study, So I can take classes at any school at NYU,
0: which is really cool. Take a real estate class. I want to. I definitely do. Definitely do. But
1: I think like with founding my own company, it's, It was great because I learned so much about adulting generally and just finances and production, shipping, and and like those little things where you literally have to sit there and just be like, oh my God, let me think about the whole process. And you're putting your name on the line too. So I think it is like, it's a great learning experience for sure.
0: I mean... Absolutely, it's like I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, what's it like when you see your product in the store?" I mean, that is the icing on the cake. But I do agree with you that I mean, I you know, I had to learn to adult when I was young, obviously when I was modeling. But when you're creating your own brand, and you do, you have to say like, "Okay, I just made a hundred dollars." Now, like, okay, the IRS is going to take this, and Mm -hmm. then I have all these expenses, and you know, you have to learn a lot very quickly. Um, So I admire you for creating your own brand and creating your own company. That's so awesome. And I really appreciate too that you are educating yourself on your own terms. I think that there's a, people who have a lot of fear about education, thinking that it has to be a four-year process and that you know if you don't get straight A's, you're a nobody. And there's just a lot of expectations that I think that a lot of people misinterpret. And I really appreciate you for you know going for it and you know educating yourself and and being interested being interested i think that's really it's awesome
1: thank you yeah i mean i went to usc for a year and a half and then I transferred to nyu and then i took a semester off to do the bachelor and now i'm back at nyu so it's just like my college experience is definitely not normal but i'm so grateful for it because i get to learn and um you know, take classes and have an advisor help me put together a rationale at the end of my college experience. So it's been very interesting. But speaking of reality TV shows, um, maybe (laughs) (laughs) transition game, um, maybe (laughs) you could talk about just deciding to do Real Housewives and like how that came up.
0: How did that came up? So I had this show in the Hamptons called Behind the Hedges. I don't know if you remember that, where mm-hmm. I would do something crazy like swim with sharks, and then I would interview interview a notable, um, and that was so much fun. So I guess that there was a there was a moment when I was uh, there was I was interviewing someone at an art gallery, and you know at the end of every episode I'd be like, "This is what's happening," and then I would say, "I'm wearing da 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 da." And the producer of Housewives was like, oh, my God, this is like a crazy thing that's happening. And she's talking about what she's wearing at the end. But everyone was always asking me, "Okay, so you're you're filming and doing all this stuff. Like, what are you wearing? I mean, when you're an editor of a magazine, you're always okay, this is we're talking about this, but this is what I'm wearing. So I was always, you know, crediting the brands all the time for obvious reasons. So he just thought that was really crazy. And he had just come off of working with Jessica Simpson and he had done the Chicken of the Sea episode, you know, where she was like, I love chicken.
1: Okay, yes, yes, yes. And so he did that,
0: you know, that was the number one of all time reality TV episodes. And then I was two and three. So you can imagine this guy was like, unbelievable. He's a great, incredible master, master of reality TV. Anyway, so he was like, he, I guess, found you know, was asking me, asking NBC about me. I had previously gone to an event with one of my best friends who was working at NBC. He was like, you have to come to this event. You have to meet this great woman named Lauren Zelaznik, who was like the mastermind of reality TV. I mean, she really brought reality TV to TV. I mean, anyone that says that they did it, no, it was her. She is the most incredible, creative, like uh, unbelievable human, like just a Mm -hmm. smart, beautiful spectacular person and she started housewives so anyway to make a long story longer I had met her she was amazing and she was just like we're never going to get Kelly Benson on on reality tv and I was like what for what and so my agent was like you have to come in for this audition they want to meet you so I was like okay I'm saying they're like do you have a yacht and I'm like no I don't have a yacht. <laughs> so, I have a, friend with a yacht I have a horse and I have two children but I don't have a yacht. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, have a husband. I'm like, no, I don't have a yacht. I don't have a husband.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then I keep like, yeah. a house. I'm like, I have a
0: house. <laughs> I have a house. That's one. <laughs> no, husband, no yacht, but I have a house. And I think that they just kind of were like, okay, this girl has is super spirited and you know, i accomplished a lot, but I have this like very playful quality about me. So they asked me to be, they were looking at me for something and then that that executive producer wanted me on another show with Tim Gunn. He wanted me to do something along the lines of what they were doing with Heidi Klum about makeovers and making, you know, women feel beautiful at any age and any size, which was just so incredible. And just, you know, he, you know, he was, he was, he is an amazing uh, executive producer too. And it was just a game changer in terms of like, you know, knowing that body image is just such an important, thing for all women and all men and all humans, um, to have like a successful body image. So he was so cool. And he was just like, listen, he was like, you have a crazy personality. He's like, you gotta be on the show. My agent's like, Ivan's like, no, 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 you can't be on this show. You know, you're a supermodel. You've written all these books. Like, no, you can't do this. Like, I'm not, and I was just like, you know what? I am divorced and I have two young kids and I've done a lot of great things that I'm super proud of but I also want to try something new. You know, I was, I was, you know, I was wanted to try something new. So I met all these major players at NBC and at Bravo, and they were just like, you know, you're spirited, you have this, you know, great resume, we think you'd be great. And they were like, we need to legitimize the brand in New York, and we wanted to use you. So Ivan was like, absolutely not, you can't do it. And I'm just like, no, 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 I'm going to do this. So I, normally I'm a writer, I'm an editor. That's my job. So usually I'm just like, who are these people? What are they doing? Asking everybody. I've written, you know, four books for asked on social history. Like I'm very good at researching people and finding out like every little thing about them, good, bad, or ugly. But I decided to go on the show because it was reality and I had already done behind the hedges and I was having, I had the best time with that and, and a lot of success with that, that I was just like, I'm going to go on this show and I'm just going to be myself. And was it hard
1: to see yourself? It was a
0: mistake. Yeah. Was it hard? It was really hard. I mean, yeah. I walked in, they were like, who are you? I'm like, who, what? Like, what do you mean, who am I? I'm like, I- I'm, you know, I'm the newbie. I'm the new girl. I'm the new girl in school from the sixth grade. That's how I felt. Like every scene was like, I'm the new girl in school in the fourth grade. I'm the new girl in school in the sixth grade. You know, I always felt like I was that. I was, oh, every every single scene, I always felt like I was just always starting out meeting new people, which was Kind of traumatic. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. What about you? I mean. You had like 40 women. I had six.
1: Yeah. I had an amazing experience and I met so many great women. Like the casting for this season and everyone sees this all over social media. We're with each other all the time. Like a lot of them moved to New York, which is so different. Because I think a lot of times people will do the show and then move out to LA, right. and I think it's like a testament to the casting of this season that everyone wanted to move to New York. Oh my so God.
0: Very, very, very They're, they're following you. They're like, kid, we want to hang out. Yeah. No,
1: I'm so I'm so happy that that everyone's here now. I love but that. But I know I know you're doing real estate now, and were you? always interested in real estate or like when did that come up where you were like I mean it's a complete career pivot like to say the least so how were you just like I'm
0: I'm gonna completely pivot again and do real estate so after I retired from Housewives in 2011 I decided to get my MBA from Northeastern and I wrote a book before I was the editor-in-chief of Elle Accessories. I wrote a book, wrote a book for Anna Wintour at the Met, at the Costume Institute called American Style for Esseline. So that is the the reason I I became the editor of Elle Accessories is because I wrote this book about social history and American fashion for the Costume Institute and Anna Wintour and Condé Nast. So that kind of like threw me into this like new sphere of real legitimacy. And I learned so much going through all of those Condé Nast archives and, you know, just working with Elle and working with, you know, the best of the best in every single field. And I wanted Elle Accessories to have a different feel than than, than a traditional magazine because it was an accessories magazine. So accessories to me are, you know, you're changing your bag and you're changing your shoes, you're changing your pillow, you're changing your carpets, you're changing. I I wanted to be like really um, about lifestyle. And so I got to meet all these incredible people, which was just unbelievable. And then I also met a lot of, you know, fascinating people in the art world through Larry Gagosian. He was a neighbor of mine in the Hamptons and he introduced me to, you know, every single incredible artist uh, on the planet. And, you know, I am so grateful for all of those opportunities because I was very young and, you know, I got to listen in. On some of the most incredible conversations with Cy Twombly, with Richard Serra, you know, I mean, you would have you would have loved it. You would have been like Kelly, I'm coming with you. This sounds like a dream. I mean, it was just like phenomenal. I mean, these people were just so, these artists, you know, Richard Prince and his family and his daughter and his kids and all their their surfing. It just like I just met so many great people and heard so many stories because obviously I had nothing to add to the conversation, but I am a great listener when it comes to fascinating people. So I had a you know, different background than a lot of people. And when my mother passed a couple of years ago, she told me to get my real estate license um, so that I would make sure that we would sell my father's home, my family home. And so I got my license in two weeks. I literally went to Brooklyn. I drove to Brooklyn every single day in the morning and the afternoon. At the end of two weeks, I took the test and then I had my test on the following Monday and i was just ready to go and um i just want to be prepared i mean even though like i'm not i wasn't licensed in illinois i could oversee and i could you know if some things were, were not going the way that i wanted to or i could promote it in the right way because you know i had my license so i'm really it was really a st- very very stressful for me and I did it for the, all the right reasons, but you know it's not most people are just like I'm in real estate because I have nothing else to do or whatever. And, and then there's some people that are just ballers. I mean, they're just like killing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever, whatever your intention is in real estate, it's a it's a fascinating business because it's a business of aesthetics and it's a business of communicating with people, but it's really a business of transaction. It is transacting the most important emotional object that you will own or sell. And so I have a tremendous amount of empathy, but I also have a tremendous amount of, you know, foresight. And so it's just been a great opportunity. I mean, I've done very, very well recently. I've done extremely well. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about what that's going to hold. And it's just, so cool. It's and then so, I have yeah. bigger news happening in the next two weeks, but I can't tell you. Okay. Well, everyone's going to need to follow along.
1: (laughs) I know I will be, um, now I'm on the edge of my seat. Um, how do you think your past just in the fashion industry has influences your eye for design now?
0: I mean, it's just like anything. It's like, the more, you know, the more keen your eye is. So Mm -hmm. the more you're exposed to the better you are at you know, I call it synthesizing information. That's really what I'm good at. I'm really good at synthesizing information. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at fighting with women, but I'm excellent <laughs> at synthesizing information. <laughs> I'm really good at being like, okay, this is what you mean.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just think with reality TV now, it's like our last president was on reality TV. I just don't think there is as much of a stigma around it as. Yeah there used to be. I think that, you know, when I told my friends and family that I was going to do The Bachelor, I think a lot of people were like, what's that about? You know, asking questions, being skeptical. And I totally get it. And I had those questions myself. But at the end of the day, I mean, you are a perfect example of someone who can do it all and pivot and have a successful career in it, especially in real estate, which is a field that's often so buttoned up, mostly male dominated, and you have fully just stepped into that role and like killed it. So
0: you're an inspiration to me. You're you're right. It is a very, it's a male dominated environment. And I think the reason that I have done so well is because, first of all, of my social media following. So the way that I market properties is totally different than the way other people do. You know, I market, I do video content. That's like an ad campaign for a property. And also, you know, I have a great base of, you know, investors and, you know, people that are ultra high net worth. So the way that I communicate with them about real estate is totally different. I mean, yes, we put everything on street easy, but I market my products by sending people emails. I'm like, I saw this property. It's unbelievable. Here it is. This is what's happening. You know, you should take a look at it. And that's really been my forte and how I mean I'm successful is because the people in real estate they trust me. The sellers trust me because they know that I will treat their apartment or home like it's my own, and then the buyers trust me because they know that I'm sophisticated and that I'm savvy and that I take their transaction seriously. So But in terms of reality TV, like you were talking about, like you have to remember, like I was on reality TV in the Ice Age. So 2008, I mean, 2009, 10, 11. I mean, that's a long time ago. That's when we, you know, we didn't know that you could just like be on television. The only thing we'd seen was like, you know, MTV Cribs and stuff like that, where there was a camera in the apartment. We'd never seen people walking around, you know, arguing. And I think what was different about the time that I was on TV is that if my, if the show was airing now, we were filming the show and it was airing now, it would be completely, it would be completely different. Like I, my, the way that I would be perceived would be completely different. People would be like, what is going on? You know, why are these women going crazy? Why aren't they doing great great things with her? Why is it always like Kelly walks in the room and it's like a Kelly bashing session, you know? And the time I was like, oh my God, like, what are they doing? It's crazy. Like every time I film, it's like this and that, you know, they're they're going after me all the time. But in hindsight, if they hadn't bashed me and if they hadn't gone after me, I would never have this name and this social media following where I can maximize and market all of, whether it's real estate, whether it's beauty products, whether it's my, you know, online with Paula Georges, like I'm my fourth line now. It's like, I would never be able to do those things in the way that I can, because I wouldn't have the following.
1: And how do you think, I mean, I totally understand that people say comments are currency. And I think that's just more generally like having an audience online is a form of currency now. But how do you think that for people that are starting to build that online presence? Like how do you make sure that you maintain a sense of authenticity or just what are you doing to make sure that you can convert that online attention into a brand and into product or into a business, into what you're doing in real estate now? Like how do you maintain that sort of engagement, I guess?
0: I think it's really, it's, it's an excellent question. And I love that your comment about the comments being cur- currency. I think that's brilliant. I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I beca- I started selling on Instagram because my daughter was like, mom, you have to start selling on Instagram. You know, it's like enough with like pictures of us at Thanksgiving. Like you have to really take it seriously. Everyone else is taking it seriously and you're not. Um, and I wasn't taking it seriously. I mean, I was just like, oh, Instagram, cute. Here's a picture of today, whatever and because I was just going on with my own life I mean I was at the time when Instagram started I mean I was writing two books for Simon & Schuster one about the publishing industry the other one about the food industry so I was really engrossed in all of that and we were doing some things but we weren't really uh, maximizing on it like I wasn't posting fashion pictures or I mean I post pictures at parties or um but I wasn't really saying like this is my sweatshirt, these are my leggings, these are my sneakers, you know, this is my earrings, this is who blew out my hair, these are, you know, I wasn't doing stuff like that. So my daughter was like, you really have to, you know, get on this train and go for it. And I was, at the beginning, I was really, really hesitant, I'm not going to lie, because when you're on reality TV, people, there's a stigma. So they expect you to be a certain way. But when you're an Instagram influencer, or an affluencer, or someone that, you know, is, is encouraging people to buy great products. I think the problem, the disconnect, is that when you're an influencer, you have your you have a private life. It's like whatever you show on your hard wall or your story is all whatever people know. But when you're a, you know well known celebrity, A, B list, C list, whatever you want to call it, you are. When I'm running down the street, like people, you know, people take pictures of me doing all this different stuff, which is is so nice. I can't even believe people take photos of me. <laughs> like, oh my god, this is so nice. <laughs> But, you know, my life is not that of an influencer. I mean, every single thing that I do, people can take photos of it or, you know, be at a restaurant and be videoing it or whatever. And so it was just, I was like, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to transition or use your word pivot? How am I going to pivot from being open and available to everyone and trying to show them like my version of my life to... Instagram influencing where I'm showing them like an image of what my life is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that like perception reality was the thing that I was having a really hard time with. So I think being, I think the reason that I've had a lot of success with Instagram and I translate really well on Instagram is because I'm real. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, I, I, made these great Birkenstocks and put fur on them. And I wore them. My daughter took the photo. I was outside of a coffee shop. We sold, you know, a thousand pairs through 2000 pairs in a month for a thousand dollars. Crazy. Just because I was wearing them in a real moment that my daughter took the picture. That was the day when I, when it clicked and I was like, okay, people really like the things that I do. When I walk around my apartment, I'm like, I just bought this pillow. Do you guys like it? It's so great. This person just sent me these great products. I love them. And I think also the fact that I'm so, I mean, we've, we've seen this word and we've heard this word authentic and genuine so much, but I am very genuine. And when I like something, I like it so much. Mm-hmm. And if I don't like something, I wouldn't post it. So I think that's kind of the difference too. But it's it's really, really tricky. And it's like there's only a few people that have actually done that well that came from and you're one of them. One that came from, you know, the T V space and then translating into social media. It's really hard. It's
1: it is really hard. And I think
0: does that make sense to you? Do you like No,
1: I to- I totally agree with that. I think it does give us an opportunity to show a more real side because, you know, we're in control of what we're sharing whereas if you're on TV, you you don't always have control over what is shown and what isn't. And you know, social media is your personal edit of your life. And that is still highlights and everything, you know, we do have the opportunity to curate it ourselves. So we're going to show a more real side of ourselves, which I think is great. But I also think it's important to have like a good balance. Like for me, I think a lot of social media strategy is not just showing outfit pics or you looking good. or you with family? or you with friends? Whatever. It's like, what value does my feed add to my followers? And I think for you, it's that you're able to show your work on there as well. And for me, it's that I, I'm able to share recipes and my health and wellness content yeah. so that yeah. it's, it's broken up and it's less just about like, Hey, this is a feed of me looking great all the time, you know? It's what value can you add? And that's how to build a stable audience that is going to follow you from Instagram to TikTok and buy your products and buy the things that you like and and really support
0: you in all of your endeavors. So it's funny because I did this chlorophyll TikTok last week. And um, I just come from the gym. I mean, sometimes, listen, some, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like sometimes I have my hair blown out. I'm like, this is great. I'll do something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nine out of 10 times, like this is what I look like. I mean, this is, you know, I'm in a sweatshirt mm-hmm. or if, I'm, you know, if I'm, working, I'm working, but I'm like usually in front of my washer and dryer, mm-hmm. I sit at my countertop, I'm doing all my work and I decide like, okay, I'm going to do something now. I'm going to shoot something right now. So it's always like literally like off the cuff. So the last week I was like, you know, sometimes I'm right here in a sweatshirt talking about beauty products or clothing people give me or do unboxing or whatever it is because that's what would happen normally is I would be here unboxing or going through my mail so that's exactly what I do I do things exactly how I would normally do it I'm not like you know contrived and like in a bubble gum room I'm like this is where I am like so I had just come from the gym and I had like my hair up like this yeah. like I had my hair up like this don't ask me why but like it was like up like that kind of cute yeah it was cute. Because usually, like, I have, like, I get, like, braids and, like, a mini mohawk up here. And, like, just because I have long hair and, like, my hair gets in my face all the time. So I was, like, trying to, like, do different things. To make a long story longer, I got all these, like, hate comments. They were, like, you look hideous. No, they did say hideous, but they are like, you look hideous. You're so old. Like, how old are you? And I'm, like, wait, what? They're, like, you're crazy. You were so nasty. I'm, like, wait, 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 what, what? I'm like talking about chlorophyll and how good it is for you because I actually drink it all the time and had it for three years. And like, what do you, this is about, this is about something that's going to make you better. This is not, <laughs> and so, I just was like, and it kind of like, you know, at the beginning I was just like, oh my God, like I was, I was so, I was honestly, I was so offended. I was just like, oh my God, like, you know, try to do something nice. And there I go, get slapped in the face again by, you know, another stranger. Like I'm, I feel like I'm always getting slapped in the face. Then I was just like, Okay, what who cares about me? What about all these kids that are on TikTok doing all their dances, you know, doing whatever it is that they're doing? <laughs> Teddy is like on the ground with her treats, her snacks and everything. <laughs> I was like, all these, you know, all this hate came through and I was thinking to myself, wow, I was like, you know, it really doesn't really matter like that they're hating on me, but if they're hating on me, then they're hating on eight year olds, ten mm-hmm. year olds. 15-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds, 30-year-olds. yeah People, met, you know, all these different humans who are trying to do things that are great and are just expressing themselves in their own way. Mm-hmm. And so I just was, I, I I did a video immediately after just about how, you know, we need to be more mindful and encourage people to think out of the box and encourage people to do things that are different. And just because they may not have, the you know traditional norm figure face hair does not make them beautiful you know it really it really really bothered me not yeah. yeah, i can handle it like listen i'm a 50 I'm maybe 53 like i can handle like you know nasty people but i can't handle other people like i would if if i saw someone saying something nasty to you i would claw their eyes out
1: tiktok is honestly tiktok pretty rough i would say and I was so excited about it because when it first, like, started to blow up, the biggest girls on there, are like Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Ray, you know, girls that look a little bit more normal than I think the Victoria's Secret Angels that were popular on Instagram when I was younger. And so I was so excited about that. But I definitely, it's the same thing. People are toxic on there just as much as they are toxic on Instagram. So... Yeah, I think it's about encouraging kindness. And like, to me, I've never gone on somebody's page and left a mean comment. So I just don't understand where <laughs> that comes from. But
0: I don't I understand that. Either. I, would I, don't never, I, would, understand. I would never do that. Yeah. First of all, that's not my game. And second of all, I just think that's like, just such a mean, I think that I mean, it's just inherently such a nasty thing to do. And it's like, I have way too much time. I don't have like, I, I don't have time for that. Like, I, I mean, that's, that's not my game and that's it's, not how my kids, I mean, I'm just like, no, it's such a waste.
1: Yeah. Well, you, you did say that you're 53 and I I'm know, 53, I'm 53. That, um, you turning
0: 53 on May first.
1: You're turning 53. Okay. I'm sorry. Turning 53. I want to know, we ask all of our guests this on ageless, but I think at any age, it's important to ask what you want to be when you grow up. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that
0: wait, what I want to be when I'm going to, when I grow up, I have no idea. I, um, first of all, like, I feel like I have extended adolescence. I just, I'm not ready. I mean, I'm ready to grow up, but I just don't know what I'm going to be. I have to say that I've just been so fortunate and so lucky to be exposed to so many unbelievable people in my life, whether it's from modeling whether it's my education from NBC, you know, Bravo, Simon & Schuster, St. Martin's, the fashion world, all the designers, the hair, the makeup, the producers, publicists. I mean, I have been so, I'm so grateful for all those people in my life. Um, my family, obviously, my father, my mother, my twin brother, my sister, my kids, obviously. I just feel very, very, very lucky to have such a, an incredible network of unbelievable people who have really taught me so many great lessons and watched me make a lot of mistakes, weren't worried that I wasn't going to be able to get back up. I think that um, my next chapter with the success of real estate, real estate is going to be a very, very big part of my life. It's something that I love. I don't even think about work And I don't even think about working. I just think about like, oh my God, this person's going to love this. Oh, I know the perfect person for it because I do know the perfect person for um, properties. And I'm just really excited. I'm just really excited about tomorrow. I don't wake up like, oh my God, what do I have to do today? I wake up with like, oh my God, I can't wait to wake up to start. So I don't know what I'm going to be, but um, whatever it is, I'm going to bring everybody with me.
1: So beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find you and hopefully listen in for, and stay tuned for the project that you
0: mentioned. Okay. So Kelly Clorn Ben Simone, you can see me, find me on Instagram at Kelly Bensimone. My new Twitter, because my Twitter was stolen is Ben Simone Kelly, Facebook, Kelly Clorin Ben Simone, TikTok, uh, Kelly Ben Simone. And uh, my blog is KKB loves. You can find all of my real estate properties on element.com. I'm with the Holly Parker team, the number one team in New York. So that's so exciting. The number one team this first quarter, that is so exciting. I've sold over 60 million this quarter. You can find me on my, my new podcast, which I just launched last week. It's called Hey Guys, Hey. It's all about who everyone is, where they've come from, and where they live. Amazing, amazing. Hope you guys love this episode and thanks so much to Jenny Media for our audio production.
1: All right, so I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening.